today, I am recording this pod in a, underneath this beautiful mausoleum in a Jewish cemetery in Ridgewood with my friend, Laura. Do you want to say hi? Hello. <laughs> and it's fitting that we're in a cemetery because today we're going to be talking about, do you want to say? Death. Death. We're talking about the big D word today. Death. So here we are, surrounded by death in this cemetery. And um, it's quiet. It's raining a little bit. It is raining. But it's definitely quiet. It's the quietest place I've been in months. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, we're hanging out with a bunch of dead people. Um, so, Laura, do you... I recently learned that there was such a thing... Well, first, I never knew that there was a doula that people had when they were preparing to have a baby yeah that's like that's something I had never heard of until recently um my friend like she was trying to figure out her life and she was like I guess I'll be a doula and then she changed a few times and now she is an acupuncturist nice (laughs) um anyways I love her um but yeah that's when I learned about doulas and this was like only a few years ago and you have mentioned that um, you are a death doula. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I can. Um, I can. I'm still in training. I'm not officially certified, so I can kind of talk about my journey to get to this. Yes, place. that's what we're. That's what we're here for—the journey. Yeah. So please. Well, I I didn't think very much about death until. Probably two years ago. Um, And that's when my mom got really sick. And so that's when I started to meet people I'd never met before, like at the hospital, um, who are called chaplains. Oh, chaplains. That was the word I was trying to think of the other day. Yeah. Yeah, chaplains. Yeah, I met these chaplains in the hospital. And they, but because I was raised really religious and really conservatively, but these, chaplains they weren't members of a particular faith Uh uh and they the two chaplains my mother had were lesbians who would like give me books to read and crayons and things did they give you like um little like postcard things i didn't get a postcard actually but i got coloring books they gave me all kinds of things (laughs) and i was really it was nice to talk to them because they were spiritual but not like in a judgmental way which is my experience of faith has been one of like domination and judgment so after meeting them it almost like unlocked a new world Mm -hmm. and also like the stuff with my mom made me realize like how close we are to death and then after when I was in the middle of that I was talking to people 
about death and I noticed that most people don't want to talk about it at all nope, and they, they like don't. are horrified by it and I'd say something simple like my mom is dying which is just a fact yeah and people would be like what the fuck like don't say that yeah. like it's almost too much to even mention the fact that someone is actively dying even though it's like something so visible uh-huh so I Whenever there's something like that where I notice people don't want to talk about it, I feel kind of drawn to it, I suppose. Yeah, for sure. And I was so glad when you agreed to do this pod <laughs> because I am down to talk about death almost always. And that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I started, I run like a school and so I started teaching classes about death and that, and now there's like always a wait list for it and like everyone wants to be in the class because there's cool so many teacher. people who have like... So many people whose friends have died, who's like brothers, sisters, parents, like, and they don't have anyone to talk to because uh-huh. I think it's death can be really alienating a lot of the time. Oh, absolutely. Because no one knows what to say to you when someone has died. There's always like, there's nothing to say, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I know what not to say. What should you not say? Everything happens for a reason. <laughs> it's my least favorite <laughs> one. But, I mean, I, I understand that it comes from a place of good intentions and warm wishes and <laughs> prayers. Is that enough? <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's something that you shouldn't say to someone who has just lost someone. Do you agree? I totally agree. Okay. And also insinuating God had like some role in it is also odd. Yeah. Like saying it's part of God's plan. Yeah. God's plan (laughs) is another, is another one that isn't helpful. It's weird how most people that I encounter don't bring up religion like in day to day. But then when you're close to death, I feel like religion becomes something that appears and becomes like almost a central force, which is odd. Well, that's kind of, it's crazy, or it's, it's different, I think, because when you're preparing for death, when you know that someone is dying, I think that's when you start becoming spiritual and you want to get in touch with, like, spirituality in a higher, a different place or what happens when you die. But when someone dies unexpectedly, like, I've never been a religious person, but... um when my brother died last year, unexpectedly, uh, my, my stepdad has always been super religious. Would go to church every Sunday, all the things. And when he, when my brother died, he just stopped going and lo- and lost all faith. So that's a so there's like two si- two ends of the spectrum, like preparing for death, believing in like trying to get spiritual and then someone dies and like trying to get spiritual again somehow which is something that I have been trying so hard to do I ended up in the hospital and talked to a bunch of chaplains too and they gave me like these cool postcards what were the postcards there was one with like a Gandhi quote on it um, one with a medi- or like a breathing meditation, one with like a tree of life. 
I don't know, mindfulness activities. Um, but the the one chaplain, I I asked one chaplain, I was like, please, can you just make me believe in something, anything? And this woman, she was Jewish, Jewish chaplain. She told me that um, I don't need to like enter a world of of religion just to open the window and see what was there. And I've been trying to open the window, but still I find it so difficult. Yeah, I can understand that. No, please keep going. It makes complete sense. And I think that's like what a lot of the death doula thing is about is almost connecting your day to day life with your death Mm -hmm. and living as if you're dying which I think for me has unlocked like some other ways of being that are like more connected to like spirituality for sure and that feels important that feels nice too because I think that's like one of the main things many people try to figure out when they are dying is like what does my life mean and how can you make meaning out of your life? Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> which is a really it's, that question sucks, and I wish it's it stressful didn't have even to. when you're not like actively sick and dying. For sure, it's, that just stressed me out. I know, and I don't think we should have to like create a meaning in order to have lived and like lived well. But I yeah. think connecting to like some of those other planes feels important at times. To, like yeah. connect. Because it can be hard to live a life and, like, recognize, like, how small you are and how, like, little you're doing. But I think, yeah, the spiritual playing, I've always been suspicious of it, and I probably still am. But I think it can connect to, like, movement as, like, more of a wave than, like, movement as, like, one leader creating the changes. Right. Yeah. I guess more for, oh my God, I'm such a, I I don't even know the word for this. Maybe if my therapist hadn't ghosted me today, she would have been able to help me figure this out. But for me, like, (laughs) what matters to me more than like living a meaningful life kind of is kind of is leaving a legacy Mm -hmm. or just like being remembered I think being forgotten is the thing that I'm the most afraid of. Also, I'm afraid if it hurts. Mm-hmm. I, I want to know if it hurts. How uh, do you think you want to be remembered? I don't. I don't know. I feel like I need to write some more cool stuff. Um, I also want to touch the lives of people I care about. I don't know. I don't know. I want to be famous. I'm just going to get down to it. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. It sucks to say. But I also do believe in having a meaningful life, I guess. I guess. It feels good to do something different every day. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also struggle with depression, so it's hard to sometimes get me to remember that life's worth for living. sure yeah I think that's like been important for me too because I am 
like clinically severely depressed yeah and so and I feel like a lot of at least in my death doula school I'm in a school that's called going with grace that was began Ooh. by this woman um Alua Arthur who's super cool but it seems like in the school most people are depressed I think there's some like careers <laughs> that draw depressed people yeah and I have a prior career as like a poet and when I was in <laughs> grad school for that yeah it was I could relate to people too much because everyone was depressed. Yeah. But I think depression is a useful tool in death doula because you don't have to be like excited about it because it's like no one wants to die. I mean, some people do want to die, but those who don't want to die, you don't have to pretend like it's fun or like that death isn't scary. Yeah. And I think like depressed people recognize that a lot more yeah d d exactly like depressed pe people are not as freaked out like um when quarantine well when corona was still was like new earlier this year i felt like people who already suffered with depressed with depression were handling the whole situation like a lot better than people For sure. normal people yeah people with, like normal brains because um all, all of these like people who don't suffer with depression they were like oh my god there's this impending doom like every day when i wake up like i feel doomed and that's how it feels when you're depressed every day <laughs> yeah. regardless for sure um yeah and sometimes death sounds really nice for sure. How do you want to die? Uh, I painlessly, but I, I, I don't know how I want to die, but I hope that the last thing I hear before I die is really funny. Mm -hmm. So I can you die be laughing. So I can die laughing. What time of day do you want to die? What type? What, what time of day? What time of day? Um, I don't know. I came into this world in the early afternoon. I guess it doesn't really matter. Not at night. I think during the day as well. Yeah. Because more people would be able to post about it on social media. Mm, true. You can get your whole day worth. Yeah. Yeah. So early morning for yeah, sure. When the sun rises. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then get that hashtag. That's important. What's your hashtag? Oh, that's... Um, oh, fuck. I can't think of anything Allie's clever dead. right now. <laughs> Young baby is dead. <laughs> I, d I don't know. Anyway, that was a joke about that. Well, not really. It wasn't really a joke. I thought no, it I'm doesn't have to so be a joke. I'm being dead serious <laughs> about um, time of death being morning. So more people post about it. Um, do you know how you would like to die? I don't know how I'd like to die, but I agree with you that I don't want to experience pain. And yeah. I don't want to be in a hospital when I die. Yeah. I want to be like, 
I wish there was a way you could roll me out into like some nature or something, uh-huh. like be in a forest or yeah. like be in the desert and feel like air, like hear, hear nature, like hear a stream or something. That yeah. seems important. And I don't want to experience pain, but I think when you're dying, it's a different kind of pain or something because it's like leading you to the end. It's almost like a heightened sensation or something. So I think I'm not so afraid of that, but I want to be able to like plan for my death. I don't want to die randomly. That was going to be my second question. I was going to ask you if you'd rather know you were dying rather than have it be unexpected. Yeah, I would definitely like to know because I am very like Virgo where I would (laughs) want to plan out everything. Yeah, I'm an Aquarius, so I... I mean, I don't know how that relates to, I still don't know if I'd, unexpected death is effing terrifying. It's awful. It's really, really fucked up. Um, and it's so sad when people are like, they were so young. Mm-hmm. That's a sad one. How old was your brother when he died? Nick had just turned 23. Mm-hmm. He was so, he was too young. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, I guess I, I mean, I've known a lot of, a lot of my friends have died, Mm -hmm. um, growing up, um, both of my grandmothers died, uh, but losing Nick, like my brother, my like, my favorite brother, (laughs) I'm just kidding, Zach, even though you'll never listen to this, (laughs) um, but that was a unlike the most unreal thing. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I, I, I still can't believe it. And yeah, it's like this big hole that's never gonna get filled. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the on the other hand. Sorry, I just got really sad. No, it makes um, sense. <laughs> um, on the other hand, um, I, I um, was seeing somebody whose mother was uh, was dying for a long time, for mm-hmm. years, with cancer, and um, watching him go through that, like, my mom's dying, like, that's what he would say, mm-hmm. and I'd be like, don't, s- like, stop saying that. He'd be like, what? It's true. Mm-hmm. And that seems like a really difficult thing to deal with for a very long time. But perhaps he could have used a death doula. Yeah. I think death doulas are important for, like, really anyone. It's not because there are some death doulas who their job, similar to, like, a birth doula, is, like, be there Mm -hmm. for when it happens. So they, like are there with your like when you're dying and like do like breathing exercises it's actually really similar to like (laughs) a birth doula but um there's death doulas have like so many different roles because it's a a really important thing is like end of life planning and just like getting your shit together yeah there's so much like paperwork yes and that's like what (laughs) that's like one of the most important things anyone can do right now and doesn't matter like how old you are like to get together like a folder that has like even simple things like who your landlord is so whomever 
like cleans up after you can like contact the landlord like there's so many things that you have to do and get together like all of your passwords and also there's I think a lot of people at least a lot of people I know being like a lesbian and interacting with other gay people like I don't want my mom or my dad or anyone in my family like choosing what happens at my funeral. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so yeah. there's like, it's For really sure. important. Or even what happens with my body or where my body goes. I don't mm-hmm. want my family to have no, any role in that. No, my family has, yeah, no, no. So you need like an <laughs> advanced directive. Yeah, my and family <laughs> knows I want to be cremated and I don't even give a shit where I go. Mm-hmm. Like somewhere nice, I don't know. They sell really nice rings now that you can make oh, out yeah, of the ashes. jewelry. Yeah, oh I want my that. God. That's what I'm gonna do with my mom because she's would... gonna be cremated. Oh yeah, Nick was cremated like the di- like the day after it happened, which was really expensive, by the way. Mm-hmm. It was like five grand. Yeah, and they gave them to me and le- gave them to us in like this plastic container Why? because like a, a, a regular urn started at like two grand. So fucked. And I do not want my parents to, like, go through that finance. No. Like, they can't, yeah. you know? It's so expensive to it's die. It's so expensive to die. And these and these funeral homes, they, take, they like, take advantage of these, like, vulnerable mm-hmm. people. Vulnerable people mm-hmm. who are willing to pay whatever. Because exactly. Because they're, like, so in They're being shock. traumatized, yeah. It's important to just have everything in writing. Oh, yeah. Having everything ready. And if you have, like, a savings account, that is a bonus. If you're able to, like, pay for it before you even die. Yeah. I don't think I will be able to do that anytime I mean, I just, like, I wouldn't want my... Dad, I know you're listening. I don't want, like, any service. Just have, like, a cool party. Yeah. That's what I want also. I want a cool party. And also... Maybe turn my ashes into little necklaces and send yes. them to my Patreon subscribers. Yeah, that's perfect. I think that <laughs> would be a good way for me to live on my legacy. Yeah, I think it's much better to put ash into jewelry because it's hard to like be responsible for someone's ash yeah. like in a urn. Yeah, it's <laughs> a lot. We we um scattered. <laughs> after after my brother's wake because we couldn't afford to have a funeral mm-hmm. we could only, like it was so ex- I yeah. cannot believe how expensive yeah. it was um so after the wake we scattered my brother's ashes at the skate park um mm. that he used to skate That's at That's so nice. And um like after my my other brother living brother Zach he like spread it and he was and afterward he was like oh my god I I still have Nick in my pocket. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, that's disgusting. (laughs) What did he do with it? What did he do with it? Yeah. I think he just brushed it it off. (laughs) At least I've heard countless stories of Ash getting in people's like mouths and their face like blowing up. Yeah. He was like, there's, I got, I got some Nick on me. (laughs) Um, which was funny. Do you think going through that taught you, like, anything about how you want to die? Um, how I want to die. I don't want to, I don't want to die in a car accident. Mm -hmm. I don't want to commit suicide because I've dealt with suicide 
and you kind of never forgive someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I've experienced with my students who are processing friends who have committed suicide. It's like, um, I don't think suicide is worth it when you like consider like the impact on, on the person. Yeah. And yeah. there's always like someone who has to find you. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that image will be in that person's head forever and ever. Yeah. And it, I, like I've thought about suicide so many times. As Me a too. Person. Like I, yeah. I like will make a plan in my mm-hmm. head. It's like part of life. Almost. Yeah. Um, but I know, like, if you look in my notebook that I have for my podcast, I have reasons to not kill myself <laughs> written right here. The first one is outfits. Aww. <laughs> What's the second one? Um, my plants. And Aww. third is my parents. <laughs> Fourth, I haven't finished my book. Um, would be so cliche. <laughs> Music. Cats. My Aww. friends. And scary, question mark? Yeah, that is scary. Yeah, that's the <laughs> other thing about suicide is I don't think I could. It'd be, because the thing about, I don't want to cause myself pain. Yeah. I'd have to get certain drugs somewhere. It would get complicated. Yeah, I mean, if there's a drug that lets you go out painfully, I I would do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, my brother overdosed, and mm-hmm. I really hope he didn't feel anything. And I hope he, like, felt good but i still feel like it was probably so scary yeah for sure which is yeah i'm gonna cry again i can't think about that um so so with the death doula how does it differ than someone say who works in a hospice unit Mm -hmm. or is that where death doulas they can work in hospice yeah Uh but i think how it's different is it's just kind of like a guide throughout all these systems. Like ideally we would know kind of the ins and outs of like the rules in the state and everything. Right. So, so we're more of like a patient, like advocate, like hired privately to guide you through like these choices and like what so you want to do. So it's more of like getting the paperwork done because mm-hmm. that is the last thing anyone wants to do when they're grieving. Yeah. And also just like talking to people before they die about, death and because a lot of people are really afraid of death so just like processing death before they die is important too how what do you say to people who um to get them to process death who are afraid of death i think there's like many ways yeah i think it's really different and you can like there's like spreadsheets you can have them fill out and everything but there's Uh like i think there's a few things that are important to remember and when we already talked about like the idea of making meaning right and then it is also important for people because relationships are a fear that a lot of people have when they're dying is like maybe they haven't settled something or there's like problematic relationships that they haven't addressed so that's like another thing wow. that can well, be helpful a, to do is like one of the 12 steps also. yeah it's similar <laughs> it's like apologizing to people yeah. that's like part of death doula mm-hmm. practice make sure you apologize to all these people <laughs> that you wronged yeah <laughs> and i think that can help people feel better about dying but i think it's yeah like it almost takes on like a therapist role where you just like ask questions and then like 
also figuring out for each person what a good death is that's like a death doula term oh wow and so that's like thinking about where you would want to die and how you would want to die and then getting your the death doula's role then is to get the person to have as close to that as possible oh that's so cool that's why you asked me where and what time yeah oh that's amazing that's Mm -hmm. actually because I think that can make people feel better if they feel more in control of it by having set up something definitely that's nice that's nice yeah I'd like all my friends to be around and then I'd want them to party Mm -hmm. because they know that I'm like a mis I'm miserable and I will be in a better place (laughs) but I mean I don't know what happens when you die yeah me either and I don't (laughs) yeah I don't even want to think about it no (laughs) I (laughs) hope teach you that no they teach us like how to talk about that and Mm -hmm. like have conversations about it and yeah there's certain death doulas who are really religious like in a particular faith and then they will choose to only work with clients of that faith um, just I for afterlife convo stuff. Yeah. Cause yeah. afterlife is something that comes up a lot. And the, I think a death doula, like, as I said earlier, it can be part of like the role of a therapist where you're just like, cause people ask you like, what do you think happens when you die? And we're almost, we're taught in my death doula school, we're taught like kind of a answer to swerve away from that where you just say like I've thought a lot about that and I'm not sure what do you think but I want to know Laura what happened I don't know and that's I don't have any answers but I like talking about these things and like processing I just want an answer (laughs) like when I was talking to the chaplains I was just like can you just like give me something easy to work with something tangible (laughs) like something that like a concept that I can grasp anything you know Mm -hmm. um but I do know that my brother he did a lot of DMT Mm -hmm. um and he said it was beautiful uh and amazing and I do like to think that He's chilling up there, wherever mm-hmm. that realm is. I've never done DMT. Neither. Um, but people say it's cool. And I also, I know this is from the movie Waking Life, but they say that your brain works for like eight minutes or something, like mm-hmm. after your, your heart your heart stops. So maybe like eight minutes could equal like, a million years or something in your head because mm-hmm. time yeah. doesn't really exist in your dreams, mm-hmm. which is actually a really kind of scary thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The infinite is pretty terrifying. But I do like to think part of our spirits. I wish there were other words. I hate all the spirit type words. Yeah. I need to invent newer words for them because it always sounds cheesy. But I think, yeah, there's, (laughs) I feel like our souls do continue to exist to an extent. Well, people are like, you can't get rid of energy. You can't destroy energy. Exactly. (laughs) That's another thing. (laughs) I I don't want to hear. No. (laughs) It's awful. I had, because recently or like, Two months ago, I had a friend who died of COVID. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. 
it was just it was an interesting experience because i felt like i before she died i had like this really vivid dream and she like was visiting me as if she had died already oh my god and so that was a really that experience kind of fuck with me because that something so like specific has not happened to me before that's, that's uncanny yeah and I felt like she was, and I don't often remember my dreams either. And she like gave me specific goals that I should pursue, like in oh my her honor. <laughs> so I feel like that experience made me think like maybe that there is something that lasts. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> like, damn. Um, have you had any, aside from that dream about your friend, like before she passed? Of COVID. God, that's so... I'm so sorry. Yeah, it was really fucked. That's fucked up. Um, have you had dreams where your mother, like, visits you and tells you that she's, like, okay or, like, anything? No, nothing yet. Same. I want one so badly. I know. But, yeah, same. I wonder if there's a way you can get one if you just try I to think about it before bed or something. Yeah, I like try. I'm like, I'll be like sitting in a park and I'm looking at the like lightning bugs and I'm like, Nick, just like give me a sign. Mm -hmm. Like, are you can please? But it's so like him to like not do what I want him to do anyway. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, how do you feel about mediums? I don't have any feelings about that. Well, what are your thoughts on mediums? <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> I'm pretty open to whatever people, like if that helps people or like gets mm -hmm. them the knowledge that they're after, I'm always down for it. I don't think I would personally hire one. But yeah, but if they help, yeah. 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 How do you feel about mediums? I don't, I, I don't know because I don't know if I believe in them or not. Yeah, I don't know if I believe in them. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that like like funeral parlors and estate salesmen, um, they profit off of grieving people who mm -hmm. will pay whatever for amount sure. for, whatever, for anything. Yes. Because when you're grieving, you're not in your right mind at mm -hmm. all. Like at all. Yeah. Um, and I do have a problem with all of that. Like, I used to love, I mean, I still love going to estate sales, but I guess I, I didn't realize until, until a few years ago that it's like, these are estate sales because these people just die. Yeah. And like, the, the parents of the people that, or the children of these people who just died, they don't know what to do with the belongings mm -hmm. or with the house. Yeah. So these like professional estate salesmen, mm -hmm. like they get a profit and I don't know. That, I mean, it is helpful in the way that a death doula like goes over the paperwork and mm -hmm. everything. But for some reason I just feel like <laughs> A death doula is more helpful and compassionate than people Ideally. selling, <laughs> selling um, dead people stuff. For yeah. 
Because <laughs> we're not really trying to sell anything. We yeah. don't have like a specific product. Yeah. It's more of a thought. And funeral parlors that they're like oh, yeah, selling. they're awful. And they're so ugly. Yeah, like, and they're like, do, I really want to open my own. Yeah. They're like $50. And I was it's like, no, really wild. I'll go to Michael's. and Yeah. <laughs> it's the ugliest shit. Like none of them seem to have updated their aesthetic. And they yeah. smell awful. Yeah, they do. And yeah, there's this person, uh, I think her name is Caitlin Doty or something. But she started a funeral parlor in LA. She's like Is it part like a of cool this, one? Yeah, she's part <laughs> of this movement that death doulas are like members of but that's like the oh, good the death tight. movement. Yeah. So she made her own funeral home that was all about that. What can you describe the funeral home? I have never been so I don't know, but I hear it's nice. And Mad it's just plants. like Yeah, and it's just more fun and like because she's probably like in her 30s so it's just like mm-hmm. very contemporary. do you think it's um it looks like like a vintage store or like um <laughs> imagine that, that yeah, color mix between a vintage store and a plant store or yeah, something yeah, like that. yeah it'd be nice to be able to do that myself <laughs> yeah, sure. someday i really want to open like a funeral home yeah, but it's tricky because every state like has different rules, like about funeral homes. About yeah, and what you can do and not do with the bodies, because I think a lot of people want to have their body like burned on an open pyre, and that. But that dream doesn't only exist like in Nevada. Wait, There's, so like, then how does how does a body get cremated? Say in New York State. So it will be. It's like in a machine. <laughs> were, were you able to see it? Fuck no. Okay, yeah, because they let. <laughs> I don't. I don't. If you ask, you can go into. Yeah, yeah, that that. Yeah, I don't think I can't decide if I'd want to do that, that or was, not. That is something that I know that I never wanted to see. When my grandmother died, and they were like, "Do do you guys want to like have one more look?" Everyone's like, "Okay," and I was like, "No." Yeah. And they all came back, and they were like, "You, I really wish we hadn't done that." Wow. And I was like, "Yeah, it's not a nice thing to say." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. All embalming is really intense. And I believe in New York, you have to, before you're cremated, you have to be embalmed. Like, you can't just be, like, immediately cremated. Well, yeah, they have to take your organs out, right? Yeah. And so there's other, in Washington State and South Carolina, recently there are new laws passed where you can compost your body oh but sick. those I are would like that yeah i would love that yeah but those are the only states where you can do it so it's, and it's like in nevada that's the only state where you could burn like on an open pyre so there's people who like buy land in nevada for their death so they wow. can be burnt there's like a specific town that has a really nice pyre and people Wait, buy land in cool. it I'd, I'd retire there for I know. sure everyone's just preparing and they have yeah. the pyre is really beautiful because a lot of contemporary embalming tactics they create like in many as like is evident in many ways in u.s culture like if you think of like industrial agriculture and things, that's kind of what we've done to bodies. Uh-huh. Um, and we've gone really far away from like what is natural death. Right, and right. so I've heard that like the smells of the funeral home and like the embalming smells, when you just burn on an open pyre and not being embalmed, not have been embalmed it doesn't smell bad at all really yeah does, that's what people it smell say like burning hair because i hate no, the smell of burning hair because when traditionally in the pyre they will almost make like a bed of herbs like 
sage leaves sage. and like rosemary and things so it all burns together yeah yeah and i hear it doesn't smell bad that's that's nice i'm really into becoming compost yeah that's cool there was it was first researched in the last five years at a university that's in south crazy. carolina i, I, I could have sworn that could have been done like this whole time i know that's what's fucked is you can't like because also like a lot of people just want to be thrown in the forest or something but that's yeah. illegal you can't do that yeah. there's very there's only a few ways in which you're allowed to <laughs> right. like what you're allowed to do with the body yeah my dad the other day <laughs> another um thing that happens when like your brother dies that's that you have to facetime all of your parents every mm. single day and check in on your other brother um who also struggles with addiction mm -hmm. every single day and it's time consuming you know yeah so anyway i'm facetiming with my dad and he's like i know you don't want to talk about this right now but we're gonna have to go over like my will and stuff and like mm -hmm. what to do with my body and I, he was like i don't even care just throw me in the backyard and i was like okay you're right didn't want to talk about this mm -hmm. but you know it it is important to acknowledge it and get all the paperwork done and all that. So, Padre, I know you're listening. I guess we can go through that <laughs> if you want. And it's an act of, like, love, I think, or kindness to have that prepared. Because as you've experienced, like, when you're grieving, it's impossible to do any of that shit. So there's some people who have nothing in order and you have to just kind of invent ways for it to be in order and that gets yeah. really stressful when you're already grieving right 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 yeah so for he's sure. just giving you more space in the future to be able to grieve how how like um how much legality um or how much uh substance does like a written will say in my notebook hold like Not what if I were much. to write my own? Yeah, you can in New York State you can write your own, but in order for it to be valid it has to be signed by two witnesses. So by two what? Witnesses. Right. And Validity is the word I was looking for. Yeah. And there's um there's like specific formatting it has to have for the people who sign it, you have to make sure it has like all contact information for them, their address and their phone number. Mm -hmm. Um that's for if you don't have it notarized. Um, if you get it notarized, then it's that has like more validity, but you can just make one on your computer and have two people sign it. And then when you die, if it's not notarized, the judge will contact the people who signed it, the yeah. witnesses. And that is how they like do kind of a verification process. So New York has pretty flexible rules for wills. Yeah. Um, but that. I would definitely recommend writing one and just having like your roommates yeah, or something. Yeah, it be a nice exercise anyway. I love making lists of stuff. And I think all these activities really have been helpful for me because I, going through like death doula school, I've had to do everything myself for uh -huh, myself. Uh -huh. And it really, <laughs> it's, it reminds you like of what you actually value and like what's important for you. Oh it's like a God. good way to like yep. question everything. I and love, even thinking I through love like thinking about my core values. Yeah. And who <laughs> you would like, cause one question too is like, who do you want to be in the room when you die? And then that's do you when you have to pick how many. 
you can you don't it depends because some hospitals only allow certain amounts of people you i know. want that thing like live stream yeah you <laughs> should do that that would be really amazing <laughs> i think it because that brings up questions like who do you value like who do you my, actually my love followers, <laughs> subscribers. all I subscribers and you dad i love you my dad like listens to my podcast that's so nice it's so nice i don't know like any other dad who listens to <laughs> like podcasts in general yeah but thanks padre is he a patron he is a patron at the lowest Whoa. tier Yikes. yeah i was like uh what tier did you subscribe on and he was like uh, the five dollar one like i was like really great well it looks like you Thanks. won't be getting any of the perks of the other ones <laughs> but you can listen to the unlock pods i guess for five bucks <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway so is there a limit of how many people can be in the room when when you die depends where you die like if you die hospice like at your home there's no limit but if you die like in a hospital some hospitals have limits right for the especially room. with corona yeah yeah a lot of people didn't get to have anyone in the room when they died yeah that's so sad it's awful and the, like oh facetiming God. your relatives to, like say goodbye is just really oh one of the most fucked things i can imagine yeah yeah, and, like, during this time, you can't even have, like, gatherings. No. Yeah, I went to, for my friend, I went to the Zoom funeral. Which Gee, was what was that like? <laughs> it was so awkward. Like, because there were so many technical difficulties. Oh, my, of course. Yeah, and people, like, interrupting each other. And, <laughs> yeah, it was. And because it was a Zoom funeral, I feel like I didn't take it too seriously or something. Yeah. I so feel like I was I just was watching like it. It was my girlfriend's birthday and we were like drinking on the stoop and I was just mm. watching it while we were hanging out. Yeah. Which oh my God. Yeah. It was it's just different. like, <laughs> it didn't feel like, I do find like the sacred to be important and it definitely doesn't feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. De definitely. The, the vibe is not there. Not at all. Uh, I love when they do the the um, the lights, the procession, the blinking lights yeah. to the funeral. I always love seeing. I mean, I, I love don't love seeing it because I know it means someone died. Oh, yeah. But I just really like um, how everyone yields to them. I know. I had never seen that until I moved to the Northeast. Oh, and really? Yeah. I never even heard of this practice. Really? Yeah. They really don't do it in the Northwest at all. Oh, that's wild. And then I remember I was living in Pittsburgh and I kept seeing this and I was like, what is happening? And I had to ask someone <laughs> what was going oh, on. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, that, and then I learned. But yeah, the Northeast, they definitely even, it seems like there's a closer relationship of death than in the northwest because you don't even like see a cemetery because there's so much land they're right. not like in the middle of cities yeah uh what was it oh, fuck what was i gonna say funeral processions there needs to be more traditions oh. like that oh um so my friend paul he is jewish and um in the jewish tradition if they're is a car or procession like a funeral procession on the way to a funeral and then another procession of cars 
on the way to a wedding and they mm-hmm. both come to a stop like a like a four-way stop the people going to the wedding get the right of way because that is come that's more important than the funeral wow isn't that they shouldn't get the right of way i know i don't I, believe i in never that really understood how like why it was like that but i was like our, i mean marriage is mad important to jews to jews i guess i don't know yeah. i don't know but yeah he told me that that's wild it's what he said i don't i think they should change that i know that's the thing about that religion is they're not changing right shit. <laughs> <laughs> um I think in general, outside of like Judaism and some other traditions, there's very little ritual in the United States for death or like even mourning. Because like from what I hear from a lot of my students, they after someone died, they got off like two or three days and then they had to be like back to work or back to school (laughs) or something like people who's like siblings died when they were in college just like went back to school and like kept doing it which is absurd like yeah there needs to be like you're more not time. the same person yeah anymore when that happens and well, we don't value that at all because people are only valued when they're alive for like what they can contribute yeah. to capital yeah i know so once you're dead it's like fuck you we don't need you anymore yeah you're not contributing to the economy it really pisses me off that my brother died while he was at work it makes me sick that's horrible makes me so sick but um another jewish death tradition is sitting shiva yeah which is seven days and i think that's nice it's really important yeah i think seven days is really really nice and people bring food and mm-hmm, everything mm-hmm. the food well that's a an awesome part of a death yeah. is all the food, food. <laughs> people lo- like yeah the food not that you're hungry at all i know you can't eat <laughs> and a lot of the food well in my past experiences with funeral of, and like the time surrounding it, the food was trash it'd be like potato salad or something i don't even i, re- I remember just like donuts and cookies because that's all i ate anyway mm-hmm. um it's crazy i've like definitely at Shiva and I've like gone through it like one of my best friends when I was 19 Stacy she died mm-hmm. and I went through the whole thing and that was intense and I think I became a different person afterward but not the way my brother changed me mm-hmm. as a person how um, is it different like I, w- I was staying upstate and then it ca- came to a point where I was like, I need to go back to like my real life, mm-hmm. you know? I like need to work my job. I need to make money so I can pay rent so I can like live my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when I got back to the city, my f- my friend, one of my very, very best favorite people, friends, his brother um, died the same way wow. as mine, yeah. which was an overdose. And when I got back, he took me to Ikea mm-hmm. and like just got we got stuff that I needed for my apartment. And mm-hmm. um, 
Yeah, it was like moving into a new apartment right. because I was like a new person, mm-hmm. and he knew like exactly like how that that like that it would help me and how it would help mm-hmm. me. Which I don't know if it was just like him knowing me or him knowing the feeling. But um, did you? How did you? So you changed when your mother died. She's not dead yet. She's, She's not dead yet. She's still in the process of dying. Good Lord. I know. Yeah. That's what, like, it's can because she has cancer and it's just like, because she's almost been dead so many times, but she keeps coming yeah. back, but she's like not doing well. So she, I don't, it's hard to say like how much longer she'll live, but uh. she, her being alive right now, there was like a 5% chance. So just her still being alive is pretty wild. Because yeah, I remember I saw you at a poetry reading and you said that you had been living in Portland taking care of your mother. Yeah. Um, but I quit doing that. But you quit. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. To become a death doula <laughs> for other people. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> the thing about, and that's like actually what inspired me to be a death doula is because my mom refuses to talk about it at all. Right. She my doesn't mom, even, she yeah. won't recognize that she's sick. Yeah. When bu- she's been bedridden for two years almost. Yeah. And so that mm-hmm. like pretty much disturbed me. And she won't even do some of the things that I feel like would be important for me. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> her just even being able to talk with her openly about like, her death and what she wants to have happen after that would be really healing for me, but it she would. won't and give she me the opportunity. That, yeah. Or she doesn't care. Exactly. So it's really yeah. healing for me to talk to people who care and yeah. who will actually talk about My it. My mother is the same way. She is in complete denial of everything. Mm-hmm. Won't talk about it. And just like, and also like being around your mom, like dying or not mm-hmm. is annoying as hell. Yeah, it's terrible. Moms are so annoying. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm sorry to hear that. I mean, yeah, what is there to say, you know? Mm-hmm. But I do like talking about it. Yeah, um, and in the last since my mom got sick, I feel like I've definitely learned more than I ever have in my life, and I learned like a lot of weird things I didn't think I would learn, like how to forgive your friends if they're like not Uh, there for you and stuff and like yeah because some people just don't know how to do it exactly and it's hard and i understand and so i remember when my mom first got sick i was like we're no longer friends it's like so many people and now i'm recognizing like that i need to be like more patient yeah yeah for sure for sure um i mean I know I'm a very forgiving person, but I guess this is a lot of information I'm putting on the internet right now, but like my step siblings didn't come to my brother's funeral. So I kind of don't really talk to them anymore. That makes sense. And I think that's fair. Yeah, it's totally fair. I mean, like I, I, I guess I I forgive them. I just like, don't really want to talk to them. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's another 12-step thing is forgive, mm-hmm. forgiveness. It feels so good to forgive. Yeah. Like. It's hard to actually forgive. But whenever I've done, when I've succeeded at forgiving, it feels, it feels really good. so good. Yeah. That's something that I learned getting sober. Mm-hmm. Getting sober 
is a lot like preparing for death. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it's so interesting how yeah. they align. But I think that that's the thing, like, because it is all about living and, like, how you want to live. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's, like, why they share so many things. Because getting sober is, like, choosing a new way of living. Choosing life. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It really is. And there's a lot to love about life. I do wonder, though, if I, like, knew I was dying, if I, like, would let my, if I would drink again or, like, do drugs. Yeah. I feel like I would have to. I feel like I, I would. You might as well. Yeah, I feel like I would. Because as an alcoholic, there's nothing I love more than alcohol. Mm-hmm. So I think I'd let myself drink. Yeah, if I know that I seems dying. okay. I think so, too. Well, Laura, this has been an illuminating, albeit dark, <laughs> conversation. I'm glad it took place in the cemetery. Oh, my God. I hope too. we're not locked in. It's so beautiful. Like, we found the perfect spot. A we're rugged like, mausoleum. I'm going to take a picture of you after this. Okay. It'll be like. <laughs> So cool and like on brand. Perfect. You can put it on your death doula like business. Thank card. you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm making a website right oh, now. Oh nice. Yeah. Do you need a website maker or you can you do it yourself? I'm doing it myself. Hell yeah. Yeah. Women in tech. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I learned that's one thing I've done this COVID time. Oh nice. Just making little websites for oh, myself. Oh, that's cool. I what did I learn? I did a lot of ballet. That's awesome. But whatever. Thank you um, for having me. Thank you, <laughs> Laura L.A. Warman. Um, she's a death doula and also a poet, a really great poet. Thank um, you. And a published author. True. Um, <laughs> do you have a, an author website right now? Yeah, it's just L.A. Warman, W-A-R-M-A-N.com. And my death classes... You can sign up warmanschool.com, W-A-R-M-A-N. I'll, I'll link it. I'll link it in bio. Link in um, bio. Okay. Well, have a nice day, listeners, and thank you for listening. I hope you're not too bummed out. I hope, I hope, uh, um, I hope you live today as if you were dying. Goodbye. Goodbye.